Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Expanse Season 1, Episode 2, it's called The Big Empty. Of course we are catching up, we know it's a year old at this point, we're catching up for Season 2, so this is Episode 2, full spoilers for the episode. I, I still quite like it, I'm happy to say. I do as well, I think I preferred the first episode a bit more, but I like what this is doing. Yeah, well, I, I think the first one had the, the spectacle because we hadn't seen any of it before and we are introduced to everything. Yeah, but just I, a bit more low-key. A bit more low-key, but it was, you know, the, the main plot with the, the, the crew on the, the ship, the, you know, the, the small ship from, from the cant, they, their whole thing about just trying to survive and try to, oh, we need to get the air working, we need to get the, the radio beacon working so someone can find us because we're stranded out here. All that was just, like, straight, you know, by the book, but really yeah. well done space stuff. Yeah, it's why I kind of find it hard to, like, praise it as Supermount, because, like I say, it is just straight by the book. But it is well done, so it's like I can't complain about it either. Yeah, I think it's I think it's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, that's definitely, and that's nothing to be ashamed of in two episodes in. And it looks great still. Like every time they were outside, every time we were seeing the ship flying around, they're hitting like a debris field in space. Look pretty good, mm. and. Obviously, the dynamics of the characters made the whole thing a lot more interesting as well because we have Holden, who is responsible for them going out there, and, you know, uh, what's her name? Nagata. So I'm still learning the names, folks. She, like, knows this, and she's pissed at him. And all through the episode, you can see it's weighing down on him, and she can see it's weighing on him, but she's kind of pissed at him too. Yeah, and she's kind of stepping up to fill the void, and. Yeah. But, like, like, she kind of wants to kind of give him some slack but at the same time can't yeah 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 and i, I think that because obviously we spoke in the last episode how we really got a, a handle on holden we got a handle on who he was and what kind of character he was. and i think that continues here the way he, he kept going but we did get a better sense of who all these other characters were yeah it feels like he kind of took a bit of a backseat for most of the episode and let the, everyone else have moments i think it's because a, we understand, but B, it's very easy to follow what his mindset is right now. Yeah. Just from one simple little moment, because it's when one of the, the other guys blames his girlfriend. Yeah. Says, oh, she's the reason why everyone's dead, you know, that bitch or whatever the line was. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he like, He steps in and says, no, shut your goddamn mouth, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, it's, it's when uh, Nagata, like, speaks to him at the side and says, look, leave this just now, don't yeah. bring your conscience into this. And... I think just little moments like that, let us know about the rest of these characters. I thought there was the great stuff between the the pilot and the medic, because they have to yeah. share the oxygen, and that, that, that scene did a lot of great stuff to inform us on those characters, because I think the medics especially, uh, Garvey, he, so far has been kind of just whiny. They've just been kind of constantly whining and worrying about what's going on. He's not, he's not really been much more he than that. He even was during the start of that scene. Like, when, yeah. when it starts going wrong... He's like, oh, what do I do? And she's like, you're a medic. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, I guess I can do some medic-y stuff. But he, once he actually starts to think things through, and he, he does like this sacrificial thing where he lets him share his oxygen. He lets the captain, the captain, sorry, the pilot, share his oxygen. And it, and the funny thing is, is if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have been in any danger. He'd have had enough oxygen for the the whole time because obviously they've had to drain all the oxygen out of the ship because yeah. the airlock's busted. So for them to go outside and fix stuff, they have to let the whole ship be. Like depressurized, yeah. And yeah. So, the, so the whole that whole thing is going on, and they're on a time because they've only got so much air in their suits, and the uh, the captain is starting to sort of 
lose it. He's, he's, his ears going, so he's going delirious, and he's starting to pass out. But no, him, him doing that and him being there and helping him was actually a good little bonding moment where you feel like they really got each other's backs. Yeah, and and it's more impressive when, like you said, he was just this whiny little bitch, almost. Yeah. Especially like even during the start of that, like it's it's a crisis, and he's just he doesn't react. He's just like, well, what what do you expect me to do? Yeah, and then it, it changes, and it's like, oh, okay, this is much better. And it's only episode two, and we've already had a character grow in the space yeah. of the scene. Yeah, definitely. that's good. That's, I think the rating so far has been really solid in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was the, the main gist of it. So we got a lot of them try to fix things and send out signals and all your typical sci-fi stuff. But again, all done very well. And they do get their, their beacon gets a response at the end. And it's a ship from Mars, which they're not very pleased about because they thought, oh, Mars yeah. is just coming back to finish the job. And we end with the door opening and the soldiers coming in. And we still haven't seen anyone from Mars yet, I don't think. So this was our first glimpse. Because even though we know they're also human, I'm almost like, man, what are they like? Because we've not seen them yet. They've been hiding well, them Yeah, all it's this like the time. same idea, like, the Belters are still human, but they're slightly different. Yeah. So, uh, so what do, wonder if Mars are too. Yeah. Do Mars have, like, difference? By the way, is the see the moon, Earth's moon, they keep calling it Luna. Right, which is cool. Yeah. Up, up, much, but I'm just, I'm curious. Is that actually like officially the moon's name right now, or is that just a sci-fi thing for the show? Because it sounds like something that could actually just be real. Well, I mean, I'd assume it is the name because obviously a, a month by the moon is a, is a lunar month. Like, yeah, so... but I mean, do you do? Is there anyone who actually refers to the moon as Luna? That's the that is I guess. Luna. I guess like astrophysicists must. Because they can't just call it the moon, because you know they, they, there's lots of moons and they all have their own names. Yeah, true. So yeah, probably. But I like that. I like that. That's the the common name for it now. They actually give it a title, and it's. I guess once you're on other planets and you're referring to other moons as well, you have to yeah. specify. Yeah, referring to Earth as the planet. Yeah, like now we yeah. can do that because there's only ever the one we're talking about. But then once you expand, you you have to refer to it by something else. Yeah, that makes sense. That, I mean, obviously it makes like obviously lunar cycles and all the rest of it. The word obviously comes from lots of things we actually use. I was just curious if there was actually people who just refer to it as Luna. Like it's just that's what its name is. Like I said, my best guess would be just astrophysicists. Okay, yeah, I'm just curious. But yeah, so we end with a big cliffhanger of uh, the the Mars soldiers coming in and they're pointing the laser sights at them all. And you know, if you move, you will be shot. So we get a sense of their impending force. It's very. I'd almost compare it to like the start of Star Wars and how you realise how big the Empire and how threatening they are just from the size of the ship and the way they dominate and come onto the the smaller rebel ship. It just feels yeah. like that in a lot of, uh, a lot of ways. So yeah, again, builds the world, builds up again. Mars is this is this force. We learned a lot about these characters on this small crisis that they were going through, and I think that that's good for the show. Hmm. So back on Ceres, we have of course. Miller still investigating the missing girl, as well as another case with his partner, because he's doing that like he was given this case to do on his own. So he, he has like two cases going. Yeah. The one with the partner is the official. The official case is that someone's been siphoning water from the pipes. So the the I don't even want to call it the rich area, but the area that's got the green the greenery, so that it you know recycles the air and stuff mm. for the 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 cycle of the the space station, which does seem important. Makes sense that they've got that. But they've been siphoning off water, and it's been so much that it's visible. Like the the grass and the plants are dying; they're not getting yeah. enough. 
And it's what, what I thought was interesting about this is they, they very quickly traced to who it is and they traced to the, these punks. And Miller's like, yeah, this was kind of going on anyway. We kind of we learned that this was a normal thing. People were doing this already, but it was just a little bit. It was just enough that no one would notice, and no one was the wiser, and everyone was kind of okay with that. Yeah. But these little these punks were greedy, and they took so much that it became a, a visible thing, and then no one can do it. Yeah, it's like once once they've affected the the visible ecosystem of the entire station, essentially, because yeah. that's the air supply. Yeah. And yeah. Also, and it tied in very nicely to everything else thematically because obviously the shipment the can was bringing to the space station was ice for the water yeah. and we hear all over the, the news or whatever that oh the water rationing has been clamped down yeah, on like they tell us oh you miss one shipment like if you're late on one okay people are not going to be happy going to be some riots maybe two people start dying they're that tight yeah. on it but we, we see it we see we see them in the shower you know, at the start of the episode, yeah. and he puts the shampoo in his hair, and the water runs out. <laughs> your your water ration has depleted, and he's like tapping on the scale. He's like trying to get it going, which and I, I like the little touch that when he goes into the missing girls' apartment to you know look for clues, and he's using the voice changer to access all of our files and stuff. Mm. Again, I like those simple little things where okay, you get this, everything's voice activated, and he's using this changer. And what I liked about it more than anything, because I feel like most shows that do this, where they have like an advanced voice changer thing. Is you never hear the person's real voice underneath it. Yeah. So I really like that you could hear his voice first, and then you'd hear her voice. Yeah, it was clever. And th- there are a lot of small things I do like, like uh, you know when they're putting on the airlock, uh, like fixing it, mm. and it's like, oh, it's not working, and obviously it's all tense because the air, their their oxygen's running out on the inside. And you just start kicking it, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, just give it a good knock. That'll get it working. Oh, you mean the radio tower? It was a, it was a yeah, tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tower, it was well, outside, sorry. Yeah. Now, now you bring up the airlock, though, I actually love... I feel like in most sci-fi shows with ships or movies or whatever, if the airlock doesn't shut properly, it's like, oh, no, the airlock's not shutting. But in here, it's like, no, no, lift the flap. There's a manual thing, so you can do it manually in case the, the system's yeah. not doing it. I feel like I never see that. It seems like such an obvious failsafe. Yeah, you obviously you'd have a manual way of doing it, just in case, but you never see that. So, again, yeah, just things are making sense. Yeah, and also just have an airlock like constantly, so you can just shut off the sections. Yeah, well, I get that there's not a whole lot of that in this small thing because it was just like a little away ship from the big. Yeah, main yeah. I feel like the bigger ships obviously have tons of fail safes and. Yeah, they must whatnot. do. But uh, nah, I I like that. So yeah, he's he's looking for the girl, and he he finds that she left on a ship, and we do actually they confirm the name of the ship. We do hear that again. That's the ship that blew up. That's the ship that the the can't was going out to check. Yeah. So we know it's the same ship. We thought it was anyway, but this confirmed it. They actually named it in both yeah. sides of the story. And so he knows she left the planet, and that she's this rich girl who was going against her dad's wishes, and she still has the scar because she was. It was like a symbol of rebellion against her rich father and against who she was supposed to be, kind of thing. Yeah, it just kind of sounds like standard teenage rebellion stuff. Yeah, just, which is not a bad thing because it just kind of humanizes this space epic stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That all, all the all the core human stuff is real. Yeah, it's, real it's stuff you can still relate to now. Yeah. Uh, it's the same stuff. That's the that's the trick with sci-fi, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you, even if you're talking about planets and wars, it's like well, the conflicts are still the same. It's just on a bigger scale. Yeah, with laser exactly. beams and whatever else they're using. I don't know if there's lasers yeah. in this. I hope there's lasers. Lasers would be cool. Lasers would be cool. Lasers are always cool, except in that one episode of The Flash. And again, I feel like it's a nice slow build. I feel like it'll be a while before he gets to her. 
Yeah, I get that feeling as well. Like we'll just get bits here and there, and it kind of makes it frustrating to talk about because it is just little things here and, and there. I, well, obviously, clearly, I think that I might change. Obviously, maybe we'll get an episode that focuses more on him later when he when he mm. really gets deep into the case. But at least right now, it feels like now the crew in space are the a plot, and they take up a good 60 percent of the screen time. Then you yeah. get Miller takes up about thirty percent, and then you get like the ten twenty percent of on Earth. Yes, with, with uh, I'll say her name right, Avasarala. Not bad. So yeah, that seems to be the the way it's divvied up right now. It could obviously they could decide. Oh no, that's an episode that's just to change yeah. at some point, just to throw up the structure. You know, give us something interesting. Just the idea that as soon as we realise we're getting more of one of the others, you kind of pay attention because mm. it's like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, a lot of it looked really good. I thought when Miller and his partner were going down in this, like the like the elevator to down at the pipes, like I could tell, I tell it was CG, but it felt really well disguised and hidden. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like the production quality—they're really playing with the effects. And one of the things I actually uh, realized, or I found out uh, after watching the last one, is that Netflix are now contributing to the the budget. Oh, okay. And so I, and I, season two should look a little bit more polished, perhaps. I don't know if it'll look more polished, but I I feel like sci-fi might have cancelled it because it was so expensive for the ratings it was mm. getting. But now Netflix are distributing it worldwide outside of the US, and they're you know contributing some money to the budget. Now it's more of a safe bet for them. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're getting a lot more critical acclaim as well. And they want they want a critical acclaim show, so that makes sense. Uh, in terms of the Earth stuff. Uh, the man who was being tortured with gravity, we find out that this is not a legal thing she was doing, this is something the rest of the political system is against, and she gets told off for it, and he's ordered to go to the moon because the gravity will suit, suit sort of there better for him, because it's lighter, obviously. Yeah. And he actually commits suicide on the way. He's uh, hmm. he's not willing to be taken and... Does not want to be questioned, does he? Interrogated anymore. We got that one really cool scene, though, where they put him in a tank of water, because that's like, the best thing they can do to sort of alleviate the, the feeling of the gravity. Mm. And we, we get this really cool scene where she's interrogating him, and he's in the water, and he's, he's actually speaking to her. And it's, it's mostly just kind of, you know, we're part of this group, and we, we can rise. But they bring up the stealth technology, and how, wait... But the belters can't have that, which is really funny because we have the the guys in space talking about, oh, Mars must have built a stealth technology, and we've got the people on Earth saying, oh, the, the belters have this, they can't have this. Yeah, which I think makes it more interesting because obviously they leapt to the assumption it was Mars at the end of the last episode yeah. because of the stealth technology, but maybe this is hinting, oh, maybe it wasn't, maybe it is a, a, a third party. Yeah, maybe like a rogue like extremist group of belters that are... Yeah, someone who's acquired this technology somehow, maybe through a deal with the Martians or yeah. independently, who knows? But yeah, so it's like a Cold War, and the, I think the, the guy who speaks to uh, Avasarala about it is even like, yeah, no one wants to end the Cold War, like everyone sort of mutually depends on each other, but she's like worried that, you know, the Belters and Mars are going to team up, the Belters are worried that Earth and Mars are going to team like everyone's worried that the two others yeah. are going to team up. Yeah, it feels like this this as a Cold War can't last that much longer because tensions are just getting higher and higher. Yeah. I'm avoiding spoilers of the plague, obviously, but I did see that uh, season two will be action packed from the start. So I'm wondering if season one's going to end with the ignition of the the war. Mm, that would make sense. Yeah, because I'm liking the slow build. Though. I'm actually really enjoying the stuff on series as much as I prefer the space stuff. Mm. I think it's very very neatly 
just again doing all the world building i feel like i learned a lot just the little things like the technology how that works how all these little things function things like the water the the hierarchy with the even the the ecosystem and the guy who gives the, the detective a cactus is a sort of like kind of a condescending present yeah yeah, you know, which you know, amusing in and of itself, but just learning all these little bits about the the way the world works is uh is is really doing a lot for me right now. But at its core, I just love space stuff, and um, I think all the the space stuff looks great. I agree, and I also like how all the different areas look so visually distinct. Like you, you see Earth, and it's obviously mm, yeah. Earth, but you see that that Martian ship, and you go, okay, that looks different to everything else. It's much more angular and. Yeah, pointy, sharp. Whereas Earth, everything like Earth's very smooth. Yeah, Earth's got the sort of like the clinical future look to it. Whereas Mars, we haven't seen Mars itself yet. I'll be curious to see what Mars itself looks like when we get a chance. But the the ship feels a lot more uh, kind of hard edged sci fi. Yeah, where it feels like oh, this is a ship you could see. I don't know the Krogan using in Mass Effect or something. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then you go to series, and it's just like whatever they've got. Yeah, then you feel like you've walked into Firefly where everything's like falling apart and it's all the poor people. And Yeah, and I just a... like how it's so... It all looks good, but it all looks distinct. Yeah, they've put a lot of thought into the art direction. I think yeah. that's that's great. I think everything looks great. I think the writing's been really solid so far and it's not really missed a step with... No, it's not, it's not to say that all the characters are all likeable yet or they're all super interesting, but I don't think it's missed a step in the sense of I've clearly understood motivations and I'm slowly learning about all the characters... Yeah, I feel the, the same. It's like it's doing nothing to to blow me away, but it's been very solid in what it is doing, which is a good start. Yeah, it's a great start for a start for sure. And I'm, I like I say, I'm appreciating the slow build. I think the slow build's working for me, so that when all this stuff does kick off, I should be at a point where I understand everything and care about everything to an extent where it means a lot more. I agree. I feel like I often don't see that in TV anymore because they feel like, oh, we've got to go big, action-packed from the start, make sure we hook people, and then you can kind of take your time. Whereas this this kind of did it to an extent where it had a few spectacle moments in the first episode, but both have been relatively slow compared to a lot of TV. Yeah, and I like that. I actually really like a slower pace, Uh, especially when you're on either network or basic cable. I feel like you feel more pressure to have a quicker pace. And then there's the opposite with some Netflix shows where we've complained that the pace is too slow, where they, they take go too far in the other direction. This feels like a really nice balance. It's a slow pace, but it's a very deliberate slow pace. Where It always feels like it's moving at the same pace, whereas the Netflix ones, they, they kind of just slow down and you notice all yeah. of a sudden. But I mean a little bit Marvel here, and from the House of Cards I've seen has that problem. The episode ones from recently don't, which maybe says something about Netflix shows benefit from being cut down a little bit. Uh, but no, uh, good episode two. I'm looking forward to watching episode three tomorrow. Uh, we're going to try and keep a sort of one per day schedule here, so you can look forward to the next one uh, tomorrow. And uh, we should be done sometime next week. So thank you very much for watching. Let us know what you thought of episode two of The Expanse if you're watching it along with us. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll see you next time.